This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. place at the right time my name is mark levin and it's called the mark levin show can you imagine that welcome our number is 877-381-3811 two cases done ravel for you here tonight and you're in the right place got one in manhattan got one in atlanta one's a bigger clown show than the other but they're both clown shows so let's start with Atlanta. We'll get to some uh, audio later, but let's break it down. First of all, uh, Fannie Willis, when she testified and she went on and she's made it clear that she's a nut. She's a nut. She doesn't have the temperament. She doesn't have the intelligence. Uh, she doesn't have the, you know, the idea of justice at her forethought. And to listen to her boyfriend, Wade, later she said uh, they had a falling out, and he said women are only good to make sandwiches. I don't know. I make sandwiches, don't you, Mr. Producer? I like my sandwiches. You don't make sandwiches better than I do. No way. But I like sandwiches. Uh, Anyway, there was that, but uh, she went on and on. Uh, Her conduct in the courtroom was a disgrace. Uh, you know, the media always trashed Trump and his people. And so, now, this this took the cake. The judge, I think he felt he had to bend over backwards for her. But the truth is, uh, he should have warned her a few times and then eventually warned her that she'll be held in contempt and then eventually hold her in contempt. Anyway, that's what I would have done. I'm not a judge. But there was a lot here. Most of you work for a living, so you weren't able to watch this. You're not uh, liberal Democrats who sit at home and expect you to subsidize them when they watch TV. Yes, liberal Democrats. 
couple of things here, and to me it involves money. Almost all their transactions were in cash. These are two lawyers. The DA, almost all her transactions were in cash. Wade. Wade always used his corporate card. Did you hear that, Mr. Producer? And then at the end of the year, he'd meet with his accountants, and they'd figure out what wasn't properly charged as corporate, what was, and they'd figure it out and then file his taxes. Willis basically had a stash of cash. This is a woman on a uh, government government payroll, but she said, I, look, I was earning a lot, DA 200, I don't care. Haven't you heard of ATM machines? You need cash, you go to an ATM machine, you get your cash. And I don't know people who have thousands of dollars put away uh, because their daddy told them that that's what a woman should do. Now, I don't believe she's living off the grid, you know, putting cash away, that sort of thing, Mr. Producer, and I get that. No, she's living in Atlanta, Georgia, Fulton County. And then Wade, her lover, he wasn't slick at all. In fact, he sounded like a buffoon. Where'd you get all this cash from, Mr. Wade? Listen, in my practice, a lot of people come through the door they needed a lawyer, and they'd bring me cash. They'd pay me cash. Now, when I was in the private sector, nobody paid me in cash, and you wouldn't want them to pay you in cash, Mr. Producer, because you need to account for every penny. So here we have two people who just coincidentally only use cash, except when Mr. Wade is using his corporate card, Mr. Producer. One of the lawyers was pointing out, but the judge kept interrupting him, that uh, she violated the ethics rules as well. If you take more than $100 in gifts, you need to report it. Well, they went out to dinner a lot. Sometimes Wade paid, sometimes she paid, almost always in cash, Mr. Producer. They went to Belize on a trip she paid with cash. So you know they're covering it up because that's just BS. And they didn't want the money traced. Now, if you're in the Internal Revenue Service or the Federal Bureau of Investigation, if you're at the U.S. Attorney's Office in Atlanta, or you're with the Georgia State Tax Agency, you should be opening a criminal investigation right about now. You should be subpoenaing as fast as you possibly can. All the bank records, you should be subpoenaing Mr. Wade's records as an attorney from his firm. Uh, There are enough red flags here to turn the courtroom into a communist Chinese fort. Everything, corporate card, if not, then cash. Uh, They reimbursed each other with cash when they decided to reimburse each other. And I think this is why Fannie Willis was so uh, nuts today. And I don't know if the judge realizes this. I don't know if anybody in that courtroom realizes this, except some of the good lawyers who were representing the defendants. This, to me, has turned into an IRS, FBI, U.S. Attorney, Georgia State Taxpayer, or tax agency case. This, in other words, a potential 
criminal case involving the use and abuse of taxpayer funds, as well as failure to report various uses of cash. And what some of the lawyers were trying to get to was, where'd all this cash come from? And she fought like hell. Fanny Well, she fought like somebody was guilty. And the lead counsel there for uh, Mike Roman, Marshawn, I believe her name is, she kept trying to dig in and dig in and dig in, and then eventually uh, she was stopped. I, I also noticed that the counsel for the state defending the prosecutor and the counsel for Wade, endless, endless objections, endless attorney-client privilege claims, Got to protect attorney-client privilege, due process. It's right there. You don't want to make a mistake. I thought to myself, attorney-client privilege is that important, isn't it, Mr. Producer? And for whom was attorney-client privilege stripped in the January 6th case? Donald Trump. In a secret hearing, the transcript of which has never been released, a secret hearing... They claim crime fraud exception. They can claim whatever they want, the prosecution. And Donald Trump, his lead lawyer in the documents case, was forced to testify in front of the federal grand jury investigating Trump and deliver all his handwritten notes and anything else that was in his possession to the grand jury. Extraordinary. You're talking about a former president who's running for president. Not even talking about the crimes of the centuries charged with violating the Klan Act. Uh, excuse me, the. Uh, uh, well, he's, he's charged with obstruction under the Enron Act and the Espionage Act, which is preposterous, particularly when you see how Joe Biden's treated. Now, I'm going to talk about this on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Saturday, but I just want to say this to you. Anybody who tells you now that the strongest case is the document case is a buffoon. None of these cases are strong. The problem is, all but one are in Democrat strongholds with Democrat juries. Many of the people on these juries won't give a damn what charges are brought against Trump. They just want something to be used against him. Now, that's the thumbnail sketch. I want to move to Manhattan quickly. It's a little more complicated, and it's equally a clown show. The charges brought against Donald Trump, first of all, the so-called facts were looked at by Cyrus Vance, a left-wing Democrat whose father worked for uh, Jimmy Carter as Secretary of State. He's elected Democrat. He chose not to run again, so Alvin Bragg ran and he won. They were looked at by Vance and he turned the case down. They were looked at by the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Southern District of New York. They turned down the case. Bragg originally turned down the case, except two Democrats working for a white-collar big law firm in New York. They stepped aside from their multi-million dollar practices to join Alvin Bragg, and they concocted a case against Donald Trump for which they should be disbarred. But of course, it's New York. They won't be disbarred. They'll probably be promoted to uh, the appellate courts or whatever there. What's it about? You keep hearing the phrase hush money thrown around. This isn't a hush money case. 
They're called non-disclosure agreements. Every news organization that is calling this hush money has entered into hush money agreements, non-disclosure agreements with individuals who separate from the corporation. Some of them separate with a cloud over their heads. Some of them separate just because they're, they're not doing their job. Some of them separate just because they're doing a reduction in force. And some of them separate because they want to get the hell out. There's a thousand different reasons. And so it's typical, the HR department and the lawyers in a corporation, they look at it and they say, okay, and we'll give you a severance, but in exchange for a severance, you're not allowed to trash the company. Every media corporation in America has entered into non-disclosure agreements. Every single one of them. CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, New York Times, Washington Post, every single one of them. They wouldn't say, no, these aren't hush money agreements. They're non-disclosure agreements. And they'd be right. But in Trump's case, we got to make it sound very evil. Hush money. Hush money. Oh. Now, so what's going on here? So we have non-disclosure agreements with two women. And apparently they're paid for out of one of the Trump corporations. It's perfectly legal. But then Bragg has a problem. He says, well, they didn't really disclose them properly, and you're not allowed to use corporate money for these purposes, which, of course, you are. Ask CNN. Ask MSNBC. Ask any broadcast corporation. Ask any corporation in America. Ask Disney. Ask the woke ones. But what's he going to do? He's going to charge the former president with a misdemeanor? If you charge the former president with a misdemeanor, it's honestly not a big deal. But the former DA, Cyrus Vance, and the U.S. Attorney's Office said, this is ridiculous. We're not going to get into this stuff. People do this all the time, and it's perfectly legal and legitimate. So Bragg and his two hotshot, low-life, ambulance-chasing, slip-and-fall lawyers, they said, we have a better idea. What's that? Under New York law, if we can show that this misdemeanor occurred in furtherance of a felony somewhere, we can charge the president with a felony. Well, what felony? What are you talking about? What felony? And by the way, it could even be a federal felony. No, no. You're the local DA. Eh? We can give it a shot. But what is it? So they dust off the charges that Jack Smith brought against John Edwards in North Carolina. Where Jack Smith took the federal election code and twisted it inside out and upside down, just as he does the Constitution with his arguments, with the Klan Act, the Enron Act, the Federal Contractors Act, and applies them against Trump for January 6th. See, here's the point, and I'll finish this, this other point in a second. Every charge that's been brought against Donald Trump is utterly and completely illegitimate. Utterly and completely Ridiculous. RICO statute? In Georgia? Because you have a second set of electors? We had a second set of electors in 1876. If I have time, I'll get into that. I've done it before. 
but Manhattan. So what they're saying here is that Donald Trump used corporate money as an illegal, felonious campaign contribution to hide his illicit affairs with these two women so that it wouldn't be viewed as negative during the course of his campaign. It's an illegal corporate contribution. Do you believe that, Mr. Medusa? Stay right there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800 900 8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Stick with me. So in Manhattan, what Bragg and his team of reprobates are doing is they're taking a page out of Jack Smith's book in North Carolina where Jack Smith lost. On every count against John Edwards, he could not get a conviction. And the jury said he was twisting federal campaign law. Because, you see, donors gave money to get an apartment and so forth for his lover, who he impregnated. Uh, and Smith said that's an illegal campaign contribution. Just to show you how crazy these bastards are. Because he didn't want people to know about it. So it's an illegal contribution that wasn't reported. In this case in Manhattan, what they're saying is Donald Trump paid these non-disclosure agreements, or his company did, for the purpose of avoiding negative publicity in the election. Therefore, it is a campaign, federal campaign finance felony. Which means that our state charges are now felonies because they were done these payments for the purpose of concealing the underlying crime. So this is all crap. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. Is that a copy of the Constitution you've got? Or are you just happy to see Mark Levin? Call him now at 877-381-3811. So the Manhattan judge in this bogus case, it's really an outrageous case, has set the schedule for March 25. Now, what does that mean? That means the rest of February and all of March up to March 25, President Donald Trump will have to be preparing for a criminal case to protect his freedom. This is widely viewed as a bogus case. The problem is, the reason a DA would bring a case like this is because the DA knows he's going to have a jury. And it won't be a Donald Trump's peers, it'll be of Joe Biden's peers. It'll be a jury of Joe Biden's peers trying to destroy Donald Trump. Usually you'll have a DA or state attorney general or U.S. attorney or somebody who will step in and say, no, this isn't justice, we can't do this, you're going to open up the floodgates to this kind of litigation. But when you have Marxist, Soros-supported DAs, this is what you get. So we have this case, we have the civil case that was brought by the Marxist Attorney General in New York using a fraud statute that's never been used in the history of the statute against anybody because you can convict people without proving fraud. They call it a fraud statute, but you don't actually have to have committed fraud. There's not a single complainant, not one. In fact, more than one bank executive said... The Trump people not only paid us, they paid us on time, if not earlier. And all the interest that was owed. Can you imagine charging a former president, a presidential candidate, with such civil offense, Mr. Producer? So what's happening is they're, they're looking for reasons to go after Trump. And then we have Nikki Haley. We have people like Chris Christie saying... He'll be convicted of something. He'll be convicted. And then you'll be sorry. Then you'll be sorry. He's, he's creating chaos. He's not creating anything. They're doing it to him. And these rhinos are playing right into it. They're perfectly fine with it. This case in Atlanta is bogus substantively. Let me tell you why. I've explained it before, but time flies when you're having fun. The UVA Miller Center. The presidential election of 1876, Democrat Samuel Tilden ran against Republican Rutherford B. Hayes. The end of the election day, no clear winner emerged because the outcomes in South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana were unclear. Both parties claimed victory in those states, but Republican-controlled, quote, returning boards would determine the official electoral votes. 
Republicans and Democrats rushed to those three states to watch and try and influence the counting of votes. Now, today, they would be federally prosecuted for obstruction. That's why they've criminalized the political system. Let me be as clear as I know how, and I've been in the past. Donald Trump didn't commit any crimes related to the election process, related to the swearing-in of Joe Biden, not a single crime which is why you have a phony RICO charge here and these phony charges in Washington. The returning boards determine which votes to count and could throw out votes if they deem them fraudulent. The returning boards in all three states argued that fraud, intimidation, and violence in certain districts invalidated votes, and they threw out enough Democratic votes to the Republican Hayes to win. All three returning boards awarded the state's electoral votes to Hayes. You see, ladies and gentlemen, none of this was criminal at the time, and I'll tell you why. Because Congress ultimately sorts all this stuff out. Not a rogue U.S. attorney. Not the attorney general for one of the parties. Not a grand jury. Not a jury. None of this belongs in the criminal justice system. None of it. And this is the first time it ever happened. And Alan Dershowitz has pointed out, as he will point out on Saturday's show on Life, Liberty, and Levin, that the Clinton-Gore people in Bush versus Gore, they had a whole second set, a slate of electors ready to go. But the Supreme Court ruled as the Supreme Court ruled. They were ready to go with a second slate of electors. It's not unheard of. It's rare, but it's not a crime. Meanwhile, in Oregon, a strange development added that state to the uncertain mix. So we have three states now. Here's fourth, Oregon. Hayes won the state, but one of the Republican electors, John W. Watts, was also postmaster. The U.S. Constitution forbids federal office holders from being electors. Okay. Watts planned to resign from his position in order to be a Republican elector, but the governor of Oregon, who was a Democrat, disqualified Watts and instead certified a Tilden elector. He would be prosecuted today. I hope I'm making this clear to the whole world here how bogus all this is. Electors cast their ballots in state capitals on December 6, 1876. Generally, the process went smoothly, but in four capitals, Salem, Oregon, Columbia, South Carolina, Tallahassee, Florida, New Orleans, Louisiana, two sets of conflicting electors met and voted so that the U.S. Congress received two sets of conflicting electoral votes. Is that a crime? Congress sorts it out. It should never pass through the hands of the Department of Justice. Or any local district attorney has no business interfering with a federal case. Somehow that was quickly dismissed. In the Georgia case, two sets of electors, conflicting electors, met and voted so that the U.S. Congress received the two sets of conflicting electors. So what happened? U.S. attorney interferes? No. Congress has to figure this out. At this point, Tilden had 184 electoral votes and Hayes had 165, with 20 votes still disputed. Wow, 20. So if Hayes can get the 20 votes, he becomes president. Which he does, by the way. The Constitution stipulates that the electoral votes be directed to the president of the Senate, who is Republican Thomas W. Ferry. Although Republicans argued that he had the right to decide which votes to count, you see, it wasn't totally crazy 
when it came to Vice President Pence. Whatever your position is, the issue's never been resolved. They just, oh, that's an extremist view. Democrats disagreed and argued that the Democratic majority in Congress should decide. So, Republicans argued, no, the President of the Senate, Thomas W. Ferry, or in the case, more recently, Mike Pence, as Vice President, the President of the Senate, under the Constitution. He can decide. Pence said, no, actually, I can't. That's fine. So a compromise was reached, and on January 29, 1877, the Electoral Commission Act established a commission of five senators, three Republicans, two Democrats, five representatives, three Democrats, two Republicans, and five Supreme Court justices, two Republicans, two Democrats, one independent, to decide which votes to count and resolve the dispute. But the independent Supreme Court justice refused to serve on the commission It was replaced by a Republican, so the Republicans controlled that. No Supreme Court justice should have agreed, but that's a whole other story. Although Hayes did not initially support the commission, he changed his mind because it would enhance the legitimacy of the eventual winner. This whole commission idea was akin to what Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley came up with, and they were trashed. What are you talking about a commission? What we did in the... Hey, hey, you're an insurrectionist, you bastards! So the commission voted 8-7 to to award the electoral votes from South Carolina, Florida, and Louisiana, and the one from Oregon, to Hayes. But Democratic members of Congress threatened to prevent the count of electoral votes, in other words, they turn on the commission, and delay the resolution of the election with frequent adjournments and filibusters. So with the threat of delay, Democrats hoped to win some concessions from Republicans. Two issues interested Democrats, restoring their control of governments, And thus, white supremacy. Ah, the Democrats. Even today, Joe Biden. In the South, and removing the last of the federal troops, and a federal subsidy for railroads. You know, back then, you know, like the EV industry. But it's doubtful that Hayes, his supporters, and Democrats reached any sort of deal beyond what Hayes promised to do in his letter of acceptance. Samuel J. Randall, the Democratic Speaker of the House, realizing that creating chaos would backfire on the Democrats, finally ruled the filibusters out of order, forced the completion of the count in the early hours of March 2, 1877, with 185 votes to Tilden, 184 to Hayes. Well, Hayes was declared the winner two days before he was inaugurated. Actually, Tilden got more of the popular vote. Can you imagine our criminal justice system today, Mr. Producer? DAs all over the place. U.S. attorneys interfering with the election? While Hayes strongly supported African-Americans' right to vote, the Republican, and protection of their civil rights, he had little influence on the South. By the time he took office, the only federal troops still in the South protecting Republican governments were limited to small areas surrounding state houses in the capitals of New Orleans and Columbia. Hayes insisted that Democrats in South Carolina and Louisiana pledged to uphold the civil and voting rights of black and white Republicans. Once the Democrats agreed, Hayes pulled the remaining federal troops out of the South. And while white Southerners quickly turned their backs on their pledges, systematically disenfranchising black voters through poll taxes, literacy tests, and intimidation, Democrats in the South created a segregated society. They used terror and violence to oppress African Americans, like the Ku Klux Klan. 
as a side note, they don't point it out here. This is why Section 3 of the 14th Amendment being read and pushed by the Democrats as a power to remove Donald Trump from a ballot is so asinine and imbecilic. This is the same period of time, generally, in which the post-Civil War amendments were adopted. You think they were thinking of state rights, the Republican majority? No, I don't think so. They had still had troops in several southern states. President Hayes sincerely believes in the importance of protecting civil rights for African Americans. But why was he so quick to walk away from them? Part of the issue was that he had little control over protecting these newly enfranchised citizens, and it goes on. So, ladies and gentlemen, the campaign, the election of 1876, makes the election of 2020 and the challenges look like a day in the park, look like a picnic. So the criminalization and the subpoenaing and depositions of a second set of second slate of electors going after state legislators, the federal government, um, to hold them criminally responsible for daring to challenge results that they, they didn't believe in in their states. Donald Trump making phone calls, maybe some of his people making phone calls. This used to be without phone calls at the time, of course. This used to be understood as political. And a matter to be decided by Congress. Not grand juries, not juries, not prosecutors, not judges. This whole case in Georgia is a fraudulent case brought by two reprobates who should be investigated by the FBI, the U.S. Attorney, should be investigated by the Internal Revenue Service, the equivalent in the state, with all their cash transactions and cash deals and cash this and cash that. Simultaneously, these people only used cash. Isn't that weird? No, it's not weird. This propensity to use cash raises enough questions. They're the questions that involve whether, in fact, criminal conduct did occur involving monies that belong to the taxpayers, as well as a failure to report certain expenses and certain spending and so forth. Those are real potential crimes. So the case in Georgia is a fraud substantively. I don't think the state even has authority to, to conduct what it has conducted, despite what this knucklehead judge ruled. The case that's going on on March 25th is a completely phony case. Tries to ensnare Donald Trump into felonies, state felonies, by claiming that the federal election code uh, required Trump to reveal non-disclosure agreements because they claim to put him in a positive light, so it was an illegal contribution. Those are so outrageous. Again, a jury in North Carolina said, no, the problem is this is going to be a Democrat, radical, left-wing jury in Manhattan. And that's what they know. And then, of course, we have the civil case. A fraud statute where there doesn't have to be any fraud. Never brought before against anybody, let alone a candidate running for president, a former president. And when we come back, I will quickly address again January 6th in the document case. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Fox. 
Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the documents case. Oh, that's the best case. That's a crap case, too. Especially when you look at how... uh, Biden's being treated, arrogant SOB that he is. He's in Washington half a century, and for half a century violated the Espionage Act. As a senator, as a vice president, even as a private citizen. It's my contention a president or a former president cannot violate the Espionage Act, certainly for acts he took while president, certainly for removing documents. Well, Mark, he didn't declassify. Yes, he did. He's the president. He's the executive branch. All these departments and all these other people are not in the Constitution. You cannot change the Constitution by regulation. You cannot change the Constitution by executive order. You cannot change the Constitution by statute. You want to change it? Then do it the old-fashioned way. Amend it! But they don't have the votes to do any of that. When a president takes a document with him, the president keeps the document if he wants to the espionage act cannot possibly apply to him nor can the presidential records act now that doesn't mean a president shouldn't think about following them that a president shouldn't maybe want to avoid things that's not the point that's not the point But even if you think you have a case, you don't bring the case because it's certainly not clear-cut, even if you're an aggressive Trump hater. You should be careful about what kind of a case you bring against a former president who's running for president of the United States. But it's all crap to the wind. They don't care. So we have a prosecutor who impanels a jury in Washington, D.C., when the, when the venue is Florida, he gets his charges in Washington, D.C., then he moves the case to a grand jury in Florida, then that grand jury, having not heard all the witnesses, having not heard all the evidence, is asked to rubber stamp what they did in Washington, and they did it. Donald Trump is denied attorney-client privilege. They spent half the day in the Georgia case talking about attorney-client privilege. So careful to make sure. That nobody's attorney-client privilege was damaged. In Washington, D.C., you had an Obama-appointed judge 
who worked for Patrick Leahy, a complete, a complete hack, a complete slug. She rules in a secret hearing that Trump loses his attorney-client privilege when it comes to his lead lawyer. Then they're in there in Florida, they're demanding an immediate case. Then they're in Florida and they're demanding that Trump not be able to see some of the classified information used against him or that might be in the possession of a witness. In other words, the government wants to were on both sides of the case. And thank God there's a judge down there has a head on her shoulders. That's the damn documents case. And then Trump says to the circuit in Washington, hey, look. I can't be charged for things I did as president. That's the January 6th case. And we'll be back to that as the last one, and then we're going to move on. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. America, Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Now the final case. I want to talk about the January 6th case. The January 6th case almost has nothing to do with January 6th. The 1870 Klan Act. The Enron obstruction statutes. Statute, I should say. The federal contractor statute has nothing to do with what happened on January 6th. So what are they doing here? Jack Smith is doing what he always does. He cannot find a criminal statute, a legitimate one, to use against Trump. You want to know why? Because after years of investigation and a grand jury, subpoenas, they found absolutely no evidence, not a syllable, not a shred that Donald Trump is involved in any violence, seditious activity, or insurrectionist activity. None. Zero. Or they would have charged him with it. Why wouldn't they? And so rather than say, hey, look, we may not like this, we may not like this, and say, but we can't criminalize it, they go on a search. They go back all the way to 1870. Well, we got this statute, the Klan statute. Well, what does that have to do? Well, we'll twist it. The Enron obstruction issue. What does that have to do with obstruct? Uh, we'll use it. We'll twist it. And of course, every single federal district judge in Washington has used it. And they're the ones who are supposed to be the referees here and say, no, I mean, if you don't have it, you don't have it. No, they've all agreed to it. And, and then this other statute that is used almost exclusively to go after um, federal contractors who are violating their their contracts, stealing money or what have you, misappropriating it. That they use too. And then in his arguments, these papers that he's filed with the district court, with Chunkin, his favorite judge, because she's a hack. 
He makes arguments for sedition, makes arguments for insurrection, makes arguments about violence, you know, dog whistles and all. But Trump's not charged with any of that. But the judge could care less. They just need to get this stuff to a jury of Joe Biden's peers. And it's that case where they stripped Joe, uh, uh, Donald Trump of his attorney-client privilege rights with his lead lawyer. Actually, I have that wrong. That's the documents case. Apologize. So much bogus activity going on. It doesn't really matter. But that was in the documents case. But in the January 6th case, Trump says, look, this is all bogus, but whatever it is, you don't have the authority to charge me on this. I was president at the time when I was challenging the elections and so forth. When I gave that speech, I was president. And so they say, oh, he's demanding post-presidential immunity. Because no president's ever been charged for actions taken as president of the United States. And there have been many opportunities. Because you don't want to push the edge of the envelope like this. You don't want to create new law. You don't want to... You don't want to break the system. But the Democrats do. They don't believe in the system. By that, I don't mean the... The swamp in Washington, they've helped create that. They've led the creation of it. No, I mean the system, the constitutional system. Well, where's the evidence? First of all, president's not above the law. Does it sound like Trump's above the law, what they're doing to Trump? No. Biden's above the law. Hillary Clinton's above the law. Schumer, who specifically threatened two justices on the Supreme Court, he's above the law. Talib is above the law. She's a traitor who represents Hamas in the United States House. Omar's above the law. She's a traitor who says, I'm here to represent Islam and Somalia, another terrorist state. She's above the law. Robert Menendez. The Democrats don't remove their crooks, do they? Santos is gone, now replaced by a Democrat. I hope the Republicans beating their job. Oh, that's good. We cleaned up the House. No, you didn't, you jerks. Meanwhile, in the Senate, nobody ever brings up Menendez. Ever. Because if he's gone, what then? There's a tie in the Senate. That's what then. Anyway, where was it? So a three-judge panel, two Biden appointees, neither of whom recused themselves. They're rushing their decision. They're rushing the arguments, number one. Number two, they rule in a vicious political opinion that will be remembered as that is that not only does not Donald Trump have immunity after he leaves the presidency for things he did as president but he doesn't have the right to appeal to the full circuit court as every other defendant does whether they take it up as another issue and he has to go directly to the Supreme Court and he damn well better do it soon we'll give him six days Now, why are they doing this? Why are they denying Donald Trump due process? Because they want him to get convicted of something in a Washington, D.C. courtroom with a Washington, D.C. jury, a Biden jury. In fact, they said the Trump lawyers don't get this done within six days. They directed the trial judge to begin her trial. Who's ever heard of a court doing that? In all my years as a lawyer... This has never happened. 
I've checked with other experienced litigators. Every single one of them has said, we've never, ever seen anything like this. Ever. Or Trump's above the law. And Nikki Haley's out there saying, all this chaos Trump's causing. That's why more and more people begin to detest her. It's just a mouthpiece. Self-promoting, self-aggrandizing, in the tradition of a Christie or a Sununu or a Hogan. And let me give you an example of the danger of this happening. I'm going to tell you, America, of going after a president after he's left office for actions he took as president. It's the current case. You don't even need to speculate. Three trumped-up criminal statutes that have absolutely nothing to do with what Trump's actually accused of. After he leaves the presidency, as a former president, and decides to run for election, this time around, they dust off these three ridiculous statutes. They went back and they looked at January 6th. And they say, here, we have a hook. January 6th, the Klan Act, the Enron Act, the Federal Contractors Act. And don't you dare claim immunity. Don't you dare bring that case to the 4th D.C. Circuit, the full court. You better get your ass into that courtroom at the Supreme Court. It's like, what? There's the example. It's happening right now. You have a prosecutor who pulls out these three ridiculous statutes, tries to apply them to Trump. You have a district judge who's all for it. You're going to have a Biden jury in Washington, D.C. They want it all done before the election, even though the Department of Justice has claimed decades in the past, don't interfere with elections. The whole purpose is to interfere and get this done before the election. So Joe Biden becomes president of the United States. Let me ask you a question. Donald Trump is going to be nominated by the Republicans for president of the United States this summer. And so the Democrats are desperate to get a conviction, a scarlet letter C on his forehead, a conviction. Out of Manhattan. They can't get it out of Manhattan. They hope to get it somewhere else. So Republicans nominate Donald Trump. And he's got maybe a count or two here convicted by Democrats in New York. Maybe one or two in Georgia. It's not off the rails. Uh, They tried to uh, bankrupt him uh, in New York. Uh, We have the January 6th trial going on, let's say. We have the... So the Republican nominee for President of the United States is crippled. He can't campaign the way he wants to. He has to respond to Democrat allegations, Democrat juries, Democrat potential convictions. All of this is intended in what could be a very, very close election to peel off enough votes to deliver it to Joe Biden, if not Joe Joe Biden, Newsom, or whomever it is. That's the whole purpose here. And that's why Joe Biden is signaling over and over again to Democrat prosecutors, Democrat jury pools, Democrat judges. You've got to stop this guy because I may not be able to. He's going to destroy the country. That's why Joe Scarborough and others horrendously keep referring to Donald Trump as Hitler. You jurors, you got to stop Hitler. You prosecutors, you got to stop Hitler. You judges, you got to stop Hitler. You know, 
this this moron pond, the uh, the circuit court judge in D.C., uh, who is horrendous, and she's proud of it, fully out of the closet as a hardcore Marxist, Democrat Party partisan. They're destroying their own reputation on the courts. They're destroying the American public's view of our judicial system, which has which is in the toilet right now, and rightly so. Rightly so. And it's these judges, like Pond, don't have a problem with it at all. That's why they ruled the way they did. On the process. Trying to deny Trump of due process. As I said on Fox, as I said here, these are big constitutional issues where we should be taking our time and reviewing But even the media say, Trump's trying to delay. He's trying to delay. My God, we want this done now. What do you mean he's trying to delay? He has certain rights. You don't have to accommodate prosecutors. You have to defend yourself against prosecutors. There's certain motions you can file. There's certain procedures you can follow. There's certain issues you can raise. This is all legitimate. Mass murderers do this. Their lawyers do. But for Donald Trump, let's hurry up and convict. That's what they're saying. Not a single one of the 91 charges brought against President Trump and the various Democrat strongholds should have ever been brought, period. They are all bogus and outrageous. The ballot denial case is bogus and outrageous. The immunity ruling from the D.C. Circuit panel is bogus and outrageous. And we learned that the Biden White House has had a hand in several of these cases. And Biden's constant declaration that Trump will destroy our democracy, that he's an existential threat, and all the rest of this demagoguery is a constant directive to Democrat judges, Democrat prosecutors, and Democrat jury pools to use the legal system to convict him and elect Biden. Be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that, free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. We got to move on. There's just too much. I should do, uh, you know, Jerry Lewis uh, Radiothon here, but I don't have time. Only three hours. Peter Alexander of NBC News. He's usually a, a Biden hack. But they had a breaking story, so they went with it. And what would this breaking story be? Cut three, go. President Biden became heated, you'll remember, responding to the special counsel's assertion that he could not remember within several years when his son Beau died. Last week, the president criticized her for asking him about it. 
How in the hell dare he raise that? Frankly, when I was asked the question, I thought to myself, it wasn't any of their damn business. But tonight, NBC News has learned that her never asked that question, according to two people familiar with the interview last fall. They say it was the president, not her or his team, who first introduced Bo Biden's death. The sources say the president got the date, May 30th, correct, but not the year. So Biden lies about everything, every single thing. He brings up his son constantly. When you're trying or you're supposedly trying to console people who just lost a son or daughter in the military, or a police officer, or children, or spouse of a police officer, that sort of thing, you don't keep bringing up your own situation. Those people are grieving. But he brings up Bo all the time. And he brings him up in wrong circumstances all the time. Bo did not die from a combat wound. His death was horrendous enough. He had brain cancer, as I recall. But he keeps bringing them up. He brought them up again. And then he puts on this drama when he comes out to the podium, backed up by his wife, backed up by his whole White House team, backed up by the media. How dare that guy? Damn him. Bring up my son. You brought up your son, you imbecile. Imbecile. I did say imbecile, didn't I, Mr. Producer? And you have Democrats defending him still. They'll defend anything. I mean, they used to defend Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick. Remember that? They used to defend Bill Clinton when he molested a young intern. Remember that? They're defending Robert Menendez, who's still sitting in the Senate with his gold bars and all the rest. Remember that? We can go on and on. They defended Barack Obama and his domestic terrorist buddies. Remember that? No, no, it's you Trumpers. It's you MAGA. You tolerate everything. You defend everything. 91 cases brought against Trump in four different locations in the country. That's not an accident. All of which are outrageous and bogus. More when I return. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fees, just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Hello, hello. Donald Trump's leaving Manhattan Courthouse today. And he had this to say in part, cut one, Mr. Producer, go. So instead of being in South Carolina and other states campaigning, I'm stuck here. It's an election interference case. Uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. 
disgraceful situation, actually. And we'll just have to figure it out. I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Uh, Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. This is all from the DOJ. This all comes out of Washington. They're coordinated with the district attorney and the AG. The case tomorrow, which is a rigged deal, is uh, all coordinated with the uh, district attorney and it's coordinated with the attorney general of New York, Leticia Jane. I want to be ashamed of herself. She's campaigned for years of trying to get Trump without knowing anything about me. It's all a rigged. It's a rigged state, it's a rigged city, it's a shame. They ought to, what they ought to do is go out and take care of the violent crime and the migrant crime that's destroying people and killing people. Not a case that everybody says, you take a look at the legal documents and the legal scholars writing about this. They say there's no crime. This is no crime. But outside, right outside their courthouse, this courthouse, people are being murdered. So it's a very unfair situation. They want to keep me nice and busy so I can't campaign so hard. But maybe we won't have to campaign so hard because the other side is incompetent. The other side's done a horrible job running this country. They've done a horrible job at the border. You take a look at New York with the hundreds of thousands of people pouring in from other countries all over the world. You just take a look at what's happening. And I'm going to have to sit here for months on a trial, I think it's ridiculous, it's unfair. A trial that legal scholars say there's no crime. They say there's no crime. There is no crime. There was no violation of any fraud, civil fraud statute there too. But they control the system, and this is what it's like living in a Sovietized justice system. Joe Biden walks despite the fact that he violated the Espionage Act so many times I can't even count. He actually bragged about it to his ghostwriter in 2017. I pointed this out. First one to point it out. It's in the report. I don't know. You got to get past 12, you know, past page 12. It's 388 pages. He says to his ghostwriter, they don't know that I have this. And what was this? Top secret information in his, in his copied notes. They don't know that I and he shared it with the ghostwriter. That's a crime. Every time he did it is a crime. And he didn't have the power of the presidency. Not then. More, Trump talking about NATO countries. I've already told you what he meant by it, and the, uh, the backbenchers have picked up on it. What Trump does and always does is he's telling NATO countries, you're on your own unless you pay up. You know, we're asking you to pay 3%. That's the deal. You signed up for 3%. And many of the wealthiest European countries won't pay, like Germany and France. Pay up. Or you're on your own. And this is how they negotiate. Pay up, or Russia's free to attack you. I mean, he's tried everything else. Cut to go. Somebody asked a question about NATO before. All I can say is this. NATO countries have to pay up. They have to pay their bills. The United States is in for $200 billion, and they're in for $25 billion. The economy, as you know, their economy, when you add them up, they add up the countries uh, that make up NATO, it's about the same size as our economy. So we're in for $200 billion, they're in for $25 billion, and it's much more important to them because we have an ocean in between. It's a much more, much different thing. 
So the NATO countries have to pay up. They're not paying up. They're not paying what they should. And they laugh at the stupidity of the United States of America, where we have a guy that gives $60 billion every time somebody comes and asks for it. We shouldn't be doing that. They're laughing at us. They think we're the stupid country because of our leadership. Now, that is as rational as can be. And not only should they pay up, they pay up, it empowers and improves NATO. So people, so, so the media twist everything. They know how Trump speaks. They know what he means, but they don't care. I knew immediately. I explained it here behind the microphone, despite getting texts and emails. Oh, my God, why does he say this? So I explained why he said it, and I explained behind the microphone. Now, by the way, Mr. Brady, we have all these guests who want to come on and tell us what I just said, right? Let me tell you what Trump meant. Uh, excuse me, you're like a week late. And we don't need interpreters here. We know exactly what he meant. We know exactly what he's done. Then we have, of course, uh, the Democrats defending the fact that Joe Biden has no mind left. It's uh, basically oatmeal. He's got oatmeal for brains. And so the Democrats circle the wagon, and the worst of them, Jayapal, Presley, Waters, Swalwell, Bowman, Andre Carson, they love him because he's thrown in 100% with the Islamists now. 100% he sent special advisors to Dearbornistan. He's protecting Palestinians who are supposed to be deported. Did you know that? He's promising them jobs. And while he's doing that, he's targeting the Jews that live in Judea and Samaria with financial sanctions and others if they feel that they've committed some act or threatened somebody and in many cases even if they oppose a two-state solution it's it's the least reported story in america right now joe biden has turned completely not that he ever really turned but publicly so here is a montage of these reprobates defending biden's memory how can you defend biden's memory they're Marxists and they're Islamists. They don't care about memory. They don't care about Biden. They don't care about anything. They're cold-blooded. They hate our country. Every one of these damn people you're going to hear, they hate America. Hence, they hate Israel. Cut six, go. Council's report, in the report, it said that President Biden is an elderly man with a bad memory. Do you think that President Biden is mentally fit for office? That was a partisan report, and President Biden has been absolved of any criminal wrongdoing. No, 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 no. He has not been absolved of any criminal wrongdoing. That's not what the report even says. They didn't absolve him of criminal wrongdoing. They laid out a case of so many criminal acts, you can't even count the number. They chose not to try him because they said, we won't get a jury to convict, even if we can indict a sitting president. What they mean by that is a Biden Democrat jury in Washington, D.C. But that wouldn't have stopped Jack the Ripper Smith, would it? If the shoe were on the other foot. Go ahead. Absolutely. Trump is the one who is crazy. Oh, so this is Waters. Everybody wants her as a character witness. She's dumber than a cucumber. Go ahead. 
liar. He's the one who has proven uh, that he cannot be trusted. President Biden has proven himself to have a strong memory. Uh, I would prefer an elderly man uh, over an elderly man who's just chaotic and crazy and has This is Eric Swalwell, Communist China's favorite congressman. What was that? That Chinese spy's name, what was it? Fang Fang, Butt Butt, what was the name, huh? Fang Fang. We got a Fang Fang, we got a Fanny Will, we got all kinds of stuff going on out there. This guy is shameless. Married with kids, parents are apparently Republican, he's shameless. You cheat on your wife with a red communist Chinese spy. And he's out there like he's a character witness. He gets to make the decision for everybody. I look at this guy with contempt. Go ahead. Awaiting him. There's no doubt in my mind that the president is mentally fit for office. No, 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 no. I'm not talking. He's sharp. This is Jamal Bowman who likes to pull fire alarms in the middle of congressional events. He wasn't charged with the Enron obstruction statute, was he? No, no. Come on now. Go ahead. Um, he's always answering questions. Do you think it would be dangerous for the president of the United States to have a bad memory? The only person's mental health that I'm concerned about is Donald Trump's. Uh, it's dangerous okay. to have a president like Trump. Ah, shut up, all of you, you creeps. She asks about Biden and they can't stop talking about Trump. Democrat Party, what a joke. I think the Democrat Party hates America. What do you think, Mr. Producer? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement. No activation fees. Just a Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and mobile hotspot. Pure Talk will connect you to the most dependable 5G network in America for half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Levin to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. We have a couple of great guests next hour, but before we break at the top of the hour... Israel today is facing a two-front war. And they could lose. They're defeating Hamas. The two-front war involves on one side Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, Iran, and the other terrorists and terrorist states. But the second front of the war is Joe Biden, Antony Blinken, an anti-Semitic State Department, a Hamas-supporting Democrat party in the American media. And they are insisting that Israel lose, and there's media reports tonight. That Joe Biden and Blinken at the State Department have been working now for months to impose on Israel a Palestinian state. 
that would be established and created out of Judea and Samaria, their ancestral homes. That they're working with Arab countries. They're working with the peaceful terrorists, the PLO. They're working with the Europeans. They're putting constant pressure, a campaign of propaganda demagoguery against Israel as it fights for its survival. Israel's fighting a two-front war against the Biden administration and against the terrorists. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. There's media talk about the former KGB, Putin, Russia, planning, trying to develop a nuclear weapon for outer space, which would obviously be devastating because there are agreements in place and understandings that we're not going to do that. And I fear the Biden administration is slow walking this as much as they're slow walking Iran building nukes. And the next day we'll wake up and things are going to happen. So nobody better to talk to than Representative Michael Waltz of Florida. Michael Waltz, how are you, my friend? Well, Mark, it's a, it's another day, another day in the swamp. But um, but in all serious note, it's it's always an honor to walk up those Capitol steps and uh, fight for this great nation. And I just got to say, on the point you just made, Russia, Iran, I will continue to remind everyone I can this administration tried to get us into another Iran deal, uh, except this time they were negotiating through the Russians uh, mm. and doing it with an Iran apologist, a traitor, Rob Malley, that, oh, by the way, amongst the many things we can't get answers for, we can't get answers on what damage uh, this Iran apologist did to national security, much less his little ecosystem, uh, some of whom are still sitting on classified systems. But I know you have other things you want to you talk about. No, no, about, no, they had a whole that. spy ring, and it's like it never happened. I mean, it's a whole group of Alger Hiss types, and, and uh, everybody blows it off. You don't, I don't, a handful of us don't, but it's like it never happened. Yeah, right. Well, and one of them, Tabatabai, is still sitting in the Pentagon, the mm-hmm. chief of not just, you know, in, a, in some basement office somewhere, 
She's the chief of staff to the assistant secretary for all special operations, all our compartmented special access programs that our most sensitive special operators all over the world have to flow through there for permission, resources, and budget. Uh, and, uh, and she's still there. Uh, and we get uh, a, a notice back from the Pentagon. We've looked into it. Nothing to see here. Mm-hmm. So I, we're going to have Secretary Austin before the committee to talk about his AWOL episode before the Armed Services Committee. And uh, that's going to be at the top of my list. So tell us about this to the extent you can. You're on the Intel Committee, uh, what Russia is up to and why this is important to know. Well, the I mean, obviously would would not get into classified information. However, um, uh, Kirby today did say, look, this has to do with an anti-satellite weapon. It has to do with the Russians uh, and 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 got into some some details. So speaking off of that, like, Mark, I'm sure uh, you're you're very tuned in uh, listeners and viewers know, but it is worth repeating Uh, our entire economic system is dependent now that thrives on our assets in space, agriculture, GPS, telecommunications, banking. Uh, and, you know, we have thrived economically. Uh, Russia has not. They know we are far more dependent. So if you have a, uh, a weapon that takes it all out up there, um, it would hurt us far more than them, but it would also send our economy back into the dark ages. Uh, So it is very serious. It's very grave. The part the media is not uh, covering is that the reason Chairman Turner, uh, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, took this drastic step was that he had sent multiple classified letters to the Biden administration. What are we doing? What's our strategy? How are we going to counter? How are we going to deter? And it won't surprise you to, to hear it was nothing but radio silence. Uh, so with an administration that has the world on fire, that takes an appeasement first approach, an America last approach, with a president that loses his defense secretary for a week, uh, apparently he doesn't talk to very much in the middle of multiple hot wars. Uh, he, Chairman Turner said, number one, this is so serious. We need to have uh, every member of Congress be aware of it, not just the few that are on the Intelligence uh, Committee. So that's, a, that's a, I think, a big step towards transparency. And number two, the whole world needs to know about it because it would have global uh, implications. And uh, lo and behold, Jake Sullivan is over on the Hill uh, today, finally uh, talking, you know, Obama, I mean, excuse me, Biden's national security advisor, talking to us. So um, that's that's kind of the backstory. And then finally, because the Democrats are now, uh, you know, uh, wringing their hands about it, it was a unanimous vote in the committee to do this. And mm-hmm. the administration was informed that we were going to do it. But I just wanted to kind of help set the record straight there. So it was bipartisan in the Intelligence Committee that this request would be made to the White House and that this information needs to get the American people on all Members of Congress, I, I'm, I'm very troubled here. They blow this off. They blow off Iran with their nukes. Um, mm-hmm. And one day we're going to wake they up. Iran's going to have they declare and, and, and Hamas originally. And so what's going to happen is we're going to wake up one day. Iran's going to have nukes. Putin's going to have nukes in the sky. And we're going to say, well, we have to play catch up in the meantime. We are not providing enough resources to the United States military. He's now slashing 
about 20% of our S-35 stealth fighter jets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We are behind on numbers in every area of our military force structure. Every one, 40-year lows. The case of ships, we have fewer ships than we had before World War II. I mean, we have a huge problem here, and I don't think the American people know about it because nobody's talking about it. And we have the small, I mean, we'll just keep going, Mark. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go get a bourbon after this. But, uh, right, is uh, we have the smallest army uh, since World War II, and it's declining. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our last major advantage uh, with China is our submarine force. Well, guess what? Forty percent of them are too broken to leave the yards. Uh, and I am very hesitant to obviously talk about that's an unclassified figure but to talk about this uh, in a very public way but to your point the american people need to wake up i think we have an assumption we're the united states of america we're going to kick ass in any war that we ever get into we have adversaries right now that are on the march in very very dangerous ways and they're all working together uh you have iran flush with cash sending drones to russia sending uh, missiles to the Houthis, closing down global shipping. Uh, you know, they're all providing tech, getting technology from China. China, by the way, in 2018, launched more into space than the rest of the world combined, including us. They're on the march to put a manned station on the moon. Everything they do in space, they don't – they have something called NASA – uh, but it's kind of a it's kind of a joke. Everything they do is backed by their military. Uh, and meanwhile, uh, we have this Pentagon running around the country more worried about renaming bases and installing solar panels uh, on them for climate and resiliency. Oh, by the way, made in China uh, than they are any of these issues. And it is it's just maddening. And just one more thing, Mark, because I got to put it out there. One more thing that Trump was right about. Everybody made their jokes and made fun about the Space Force. You remember that? Well, oh, yeah. you know, thank God. One more, one more thing that he knew, because he may not have every single technical detail, or every weapon system, but his instincts are you got to control the ultimate high ground. Uh, and when faced with briefings that show us falling further and further behind, he kicks the Pentagon in the rear end and said, we need these guys to have their own branch, their own focus, their own budget, their own generals. Uh, and uh, and he's absolutely right, because every war game now, the first shots are in cyberspace and in outer space. Uh, that's that's the next frontier of conflict. President Trump instinctively knew that and forced the bureaucracy to do it. Yeah, it is amazing how many things he did that were so prescient. And he doesn't do it from an ideological perspective. He does it from a common sense perspective. And it's amazing how much he got done, despite the fact they were always trying to to destroy him. And in, in terms of foreign policy, he was no isolationist. You know, we have our isolationists, Mike, who, who tried to project mm-hmm. their own ideology on Trump. But he wasn't an isolationist. He built up the military. He took out Soleimani. He took out ISIS. He, he actively supported Israel against the Palestinian terrorists. And we can go on and on and on. He wasn't an interventionist. He wasn't any of that. He actually strengthened NATO. We don't have a lot of time, but, you know, they take his words out of context, as you've pointed out, uh, like uh, well, he's going to cut off NATO and he wants Russia to know he wants them to pay their damn fair share. So they're stronger than ever That's before. Right. Your final comments. That's right. I have an op ed coming out uh, uh, tomorrow. Trump was right on NATO. He's right on burden sharing. Uh, and as of last year, only seven out of 31 
were paying the minimum that they committed to over a decade ago, only 7 out of 31 of 2% of their GDP. Enough is enough. It's a good deal for European, German, and French politicians. They could pour their federal budget into their social programs. Uh, and meanwhile, Uncle Sugar, Uncle Sam, is covering their defense bill. Uh, enough. And if, there's, if they're not going to do it with a war on their doorstep, then when are they ever? And we're going to find ourselves five years, seven years, eight years from now having these same conversations and the same subsidy program that we have for European defense. Final thought, Mark, mm-hmm. this year will be a milestone year in that the interest on our federal debt will mm-hmm. eclipse our entire, the interest only, our entire uh, defense budget. So even if we wanted to, we can't afford it anymore, and we have got to focus on the true threat of China. All right, brother. We're with you 100%. God bless you, and keep up the good yes, work. Sir. All right. Michael Waltz, this guy's very, very good. He's a combat veteran, too. He's a ranger. To be a ranger, you got to be a tough ass, let me tell you. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, we're here with our friend from Wisconsin, Senator Ron Johnson. Senator Johnson, before we jump into some of these national issues, you have a uh, Supreme Court now in Wisconsin that is trying to destroy the Republican majority in your state legislature that is going to screw up the congressional seats and so forth. This last Supreme Court justice who was elected as a hardcore left-wing radical. This is going on all over the country, isn't it? It is, and that's uh, how the left wing gets their uh, policy preferences. They, they can't win in legislatures in general. So the only way they can do it is through activist judges, and they're very good at doing it. Uh, they, they spend a lot of time, a lot of, lot of money, a lot of effort uh, on, on local races, school board races, uh, the Supreme Court races, and you know, it's, it's very difficult to compete with them. But it happens in the Republican Senate, too. We've got all these Biden judges being confirmed. Even you got this one out of the closet anti-Semite. He gets through the Judiciary Committee, goes to the they're going to go to the floor. Maybe somebody will fight it. Maybe some. Does not Mitch McConnell try to organize the Republicans to block all these guys from getting on the court? Well, right right now, you know, when Harry Reid, he was the guy who did the nuclear option. And he did it on judges to get the, to stack the D.C. Circuit Court. Um, mm-hmm. It only takes a, a majority to uh, there's no filibuster <clears throat> with a really bad judge. You can't filibuster him. So the, the majority can uh, confirm these judge justices. And that's what's happening right now. Man, that is frightening. All right. While we have you, I want to talk about a couple of issues. Let's let's start with the border. Why in the hell would McConnell and the Republican leadership put the entire Republican Party, conservative movement, Donald Trump, and just anybody who believes in securing the border, why would he put us in a position where the Democrats can use his completely screwed up piece of legislation against us? Uh, That's the $64,000 question, Mark. It's what so many of us were upset about. It's why so many of us are speaking out against what an awful leader he is. You know, I was one of the leaders of the effort to start this Congress. Uh, Rick Scott decided to challenge uh, McConnell for, for a leader. Uh, unfortunately, we only got 10 votes. And, you know, one of the things that 
one thing that McConnell does all the time, and literally over the last two weeks he's brought this up twice, is how many hundreds of millions of dollars he raises through his Senate Leadership Fund. And, you know, just a little general reminder that, uh, you know, you probably want to stay in my good graces here. Uh, that probably impacts some people. As you can tell, it doesn't have the slightest impact on me. Did he give you much money when you were running? In 2016, he completely abandoned me uh, this last go-around because he wanted the majority. It's not because he likes me, not that mm-hmm. he wants to see me win my race, but uh, they, they threw quite a bit of money in it. Again, of course, then he takes credit for uh, winning the race. You know, there's so much money spent here. Who knows what's determinative? There's so many factors in these, in these races. I think campaign finance is a mess. It's, it's grotesque how much money is just wasted in these campaigns, but that's a different discussion. But to get, to get back to uh, the, the, the disaster, the debacle yeah. that McConnell uh, engineered, he's, he's the mastermind. Uh, he, he reluctantly uh, came to the table where, and, and they understand that, you know, if, if he wants uh, Ukraine funding, we probably ought to secure uh, or at least pretend we want to secure America's border first. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he led the effort to defeat culture on the first supplemental uh, vote. But then he entered secret negotiations. Now, look, how stupid is that? The American public, uh, there's not been an issue, Mark, since I've been here for 13 years. There's not been an issue where the American public is more in support of the Republican position than on the border. So what you want to do is you want to hold that debate in public. And by the way, nobody was asking for a immigration bill. All we were asking for is recognition that Joe Biden is a lawless president. He ignores mm-hmm. Supreme Court decisions. Uh, you can't trust this guy to abide by any agreement he reaches with you. So all we were asking for is we need a, an enforcement mechanism. And what I suggest mm-hmm. is let's tie Ukraine aid to border metrics. You know, make mm-hmm. it contingent on it. You do this in business all the time, you know, performance measures. And you have to see a dramatic decrease in, in securing our border over a 12-month period because Trump did it. And that's another point to make. Trump secured the border under existing law. Now, mm-hmm. he had resistance. You know, there have been some court decisions that have undermined presidential authority, but he still secured the border under existing law. Joe Biden used the same existing authority to open it up. So he has the authority to secure the border. We're, we're happy to help uh, overturn some of these court decisions that weaken the authority, but he could do it. He just chooses not to. So all we were looking for is just an enforcement mechanism. McConnell, and by the way, Senator Murphy basically told the truth here. He said, McConnell, his staff was in the room. He wrote the bill. So this is all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want the American people to understand this. So McConnell's staff wrote the bill, which is probably why Schumer has been slobbering praise over him for weeks. No. Yeah, I mean they've they've never gotten along better in the Senate. You know they are they are one in terms of what their goals are, and the goal was not to. Secure the border, and what McConnell has done. I don't think any Senate leader has ever given their opponents the kind of political cover that McConnell gave to Democrats with this awful monstrosity, this Rube Goldberg immigration bill that gave them that cover. You know, Senator Johnson, I think he hates the conservative base more than he has contempt for the left. He's never been a conservative, he was a Ford guy over Reagan. He's never been a uh, Trump guy. He backs a lot of, I'm not trying to pick on some of your colleagues, but he backs a lot of people who don't have a backbone but will vote for him, majority leader. 
I don't want to cut you off. Please hold on. We'll carry over after the break because Senator Johnson has the guts to call to call out what needs to be called out. There's a handful of them, and that's about it. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with our friend Ron Johnson, Senator Wisconsin. Senator Johnson, in all my years of watching this stuff, maybe I'm missing something. Has Mitch McConnell put forward a bill that would begin to cut the massive debt and yearly deficits that are devouring our economy, devouring our military? Has he put something forward? And if so, can I see it? No, what I've heard he's told people is that uh, show me one member of Congress who ever lost re-election because they spent too much money. When, when he took over leadership, I think it was 2007, our debt was below $10 trillion. Now it's approaching $35 trillion. And all that time, Mark, there's been one constant throughout all those years. There's been one person at the table for every debt ceiling negotiation, every appropriation negotiation, every negotiation. That's Mitch McConnell. Um mm-hmm. He's happy trying to buy his way into the majority. I mean, last year during the debate over um, you know, the omnibus spending bill, you know, it's our Republican position to be against earmarks because it's the gateway drug. We abandoned that. There were seven, I think 700 some pages of earmarks, and you know, there are definitely Republicans at the trough there as well. So, no, he's, he's no fiscal conservative whatsoever. And, again, the, the debacle at the border, I mean, this is a, this has to be the top priority for America right now. It's a clear and present danger. The mm-hmm. American people expect us to, to secure the, this border. This is what Republican leadership should be all about, is forcing this. And he just blew it off. I mean, the bill he negotiated, Mark, he ended up the next day voting against. I mean, think, think of that. The, the, mm-hmm. you know, within a day or two, he's, he's re- recommending to the conference to vote against the very bill he negotiated and that he and his staff wrote. So they write a bill. They put the Republican Party's neck on the line. Then they pull the bill back. So even some of your fellow senators who support it that are left in the lurch, you got this guy from uh, Louisiana, I, I can't remember his name, who negotiates it. So he's hanging out there, and uh, he's still defending what he did. Does he realize his career's on the line now because of his stupidity? My words, not yours. Yeah. Now, again, it's, it's just, just jaw-droppingly stupid what, what happened here. Now, you know, what I'm hoping is that the House is going to demand, if, if we do any, anything for Ukraine, um, and again, there's a broad spectrum, and I think there's a lot of different opinions in terms of exactly what we should be doing for Ukraine, but if we're going to do anything for Ukraine, first and foremost, we have to secure our own borders. So hopefully the House will keep that leverage in place, and we can come back and revisit this. But again, we, we had leverage. Uh, And it was completely blown by Mitch McConnell. I don't even get this. In other words, we have to fight like hell to get a secure border. I mean, think isn't that crazy that the Democrat Party is invested in what's going on in the border, the slavery, sex slavery, it's slavery that's taking place, the fentanyl, the crime, the drug cartels and all. And here, you want money for Ukraine? We've got to secure the border. We've got to secure the like we're begging them to do what they're supposed to do. Isn't that crazy? It, it is crazy. Again, they want votes, and unfortunately, they have the mainstream media in their back pocket. So let's face it, but the border crisis, and it's, it's been a catastrophe for all three years. Over 7,000 people per day on average during the Biden administration 
But the mainstream media primarily ignored it until Mayor Adams in New York, Mayor Johnson in Chicago started screaming about their you know, beloved sanctuary cities just couldn't handle a fraction of the six million people is going to destroy their city. So then the news media had to start covering it. It became a political liability. So the, the, the real blunder of McConnell was secret negotiations with people. They weren't looking to secure the border. They were just looking for political cover, and McConnell gave it to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets his support from the Wall Street Journal editorial page, which has always been for order, open borders. Uh, and they attack you guys, and they say, you guys, being the vast majority of the Republicans and the conservatives and the public, basically is saying, this is going to backfire on you. All superficial, all fed to them basically by McConnell. He has that editorial page in his back pocket. That's got to annoy the hell out of you. Yeah, that is uh, that is pretty uh, disappointing. But you know who we have in support of us are good patriotic Americans who... You know, God-fearing, country-loving, law enforcement supporting. These are the people that, are, that, want, that want a safe neighborhood, that understand that the Biden open border is facilitating the multi-billion dollar business model of some of the most evil people on the planet, the drug, the human, the sex traffickers. There's nothing humane about that. That's Biden's complaint. Oh, Trump's closed border was inhumane. No, the open border is inhumane. That's just the reality of it. Republican supporters understand that. McConnell... Unfortunately, the Wall Street Journal doesn't. The other thing is, is when I hear him speak, even before he had his uh, his illness and so forth, he can't be out there talking to the American people on behalf of the GOP or the conservative. movement. He has. And, and I'm not trying to pile on. I've said this myself. He's got no communication skills. He's got no career. He's an inside guy. He, that's why he raises all the money to try and get people elected who are going to vote for him to be the leader. He's the longest leading leader of either party in American history who's done so many terrible things, even by his inaction. And so this is he is he is Washington personified. So my question to you is this. Even one day when he steps aside or goes or however the hell it works. Isn't the problem is you got a lot of similarly minded Republicans, <clears throat> excuse me, waiting in line to take that slot? That is an issue. It's definitely a problem, but that, that's our federal system, isn't it? Uh, each state selects their representatives, uh, their senators. They send them to Washington. What always baffles me is some of the most conservative states send some of the people that you kind of got to scratch your head. And go, no, but well, here's what baffles me. You got these guys in some of these most conservative states who run as conservatives. Then they go to Washington and they'll vote for leadership that basically runs the place. For instance, most of you were not brought in on this bill, this this border bill. Most of you are sitting there waiting. Certain people are leaking talking points out there. You're an elected member of the United States Senate representing the people of Wisconsin, and you can't even see the damn bill for weeks. Isn't that correct? That is true. But, Mark, every lunch we were talking about the fact that you can't trust Joe Biden, so we need a forcing mechanism. There was a great deal of support for what I was proposing as you know, making Ukraine funding contingent on actually meeting these threshold metrics. And McConnell, without telling anybody, having heard this in conference, day after day after day, told Langford, that's not on the table. And Cinema confirmed that. Yeah, James never asked for that. So, again, th- th- mm-hmm. again, McConnell was the mastermind. He's the guy that basically wrote the bill. He's the one that dropped this on the American public. And then when the bill sank itself, 
he, he, he turned tail and ran from it and voted against it. Again, you, you can't make this stuff up. Well, Senator Johnson, I want to thank you. Keep up the fight. There are millions of people who agree with you and back you and the others who are doing the very best they can in a very difficult uh, chamber of the House, of the, uh, of the Congress. Thank you, sir. Be well. God bless you. Take care. And God bless you. Good man. Good man. I like, I've always, I really like Ron Johnson. I mean, he runs for re-election and wins in a very tough state. Everybody counts him out, but he just, he manages to pull it off. And I think it's because you can hear, he sounds like a regular guy because he is. He's a self-made man. He is. Comes to Washington and he sees all this crap and he calls it out. So they try and chop him at the legs, but he's fought his way through. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I mentioned uh, John Nolte's piece in Breitbart the other day, and I want to start reading some of this to you before we end the program. His fraudulency, Joe Biden, is losing a crucial part of the Arab vote in Michigan. And if Biden loses Michigan, he almost certainly will lose his reelection bid. And he talks about the story that goes on in the National about how he is, in fact, losing the, uh, the Arab vote, and in many cases, the Islamist Hezbollah supporting vote. He says, Dearborn in the wider Wayne County area is also home to the highest concentration of Arabs and people of Arab descent in the U.S., earning it the nickname the capital of Arab America. In one case, Biden himself spent 20 minutes on the phone with one guy trying to explain himself. The good news is that it's not working. Quote, I'm extremely disappointed, said the guy, and I will not vote for him again. Yes, you do that, brother. You stand by your Israel-hating principles. Biden has betrayed all of you. He doesn't deserve your vote. Power to the people. In the expected 2024 rematch between Trump and Biden, Trump is thumping Biden by 5.1 points in real clear political politics average in Michigan polls. It's quite a turnaround. Not to, not to mix my metaphors, but this is karma. This is what happens when you do business with the devil. And no, I'm not no way claiming all Arabs are devils. Far from it. Biden and the Democrat Party climbed into bed with all of America's anti-Semites. All of America's anti-Semites. And that includes a whole load of white, overprivileged college kids and academics. And rather than rebuke these modern-day Third Reichers, Democrats like Biden and former President Obama shame themselves by welcoming them into the tent with a whole bunch of stupid American and I would say self-hating Jews. This guy speaks the truth. But now the devil has come for his, day, for his due. Biden, as the obscenities of October 7, left no gray areas to hide behind. Even a number of stupid self-haters see that now, which puts Biden and the Democrats in a bind that only the unprincipled face. Abandoning Israel to genocidal maniacs will cost me votes but doing the right thing will cost me votes what do i do now i'll take it from here what does he do biden is open the second front of a two-front war against israel one is military one is diplomatic 
Biden is undermining the state of Israel. He does not want them to destroy the leadership of Hamas, which they basically have surrounded right now. He is organizing the Arabs and the Muslims and, yes, Palestinian terrorists in the Middle East against Israel, demanding a Palestinian state. If Israel doesn't go along, it doesn't commit suicide on the demand of Israel, of uh, Biden and Blinken. Uh, they intend to impose it on them independently through our State Department, filled with anti-Semite cockroaches. And they're even pressuring Europe. You can see the former failed prime minister, who's now the foreign minister of, of the UK. You can see the Vichy French. You can see them all now. At the behest of Biden and Blinken, that they don't need a lot of pushing, of course. They've always kind of felt this way. And that is a demand for a Palestinian terror state that can have an army, that can have an air force, that can have missiles, that can coordinate with Iran. And, of course, if anybody bothers to read the Hamas mission statement or the Muslim Brotherhood or Islamic Jihad or the, the Arafat PLO or all the rest of it, they're not interested in a state. They're interested in the planet. You could give them all of Israel, obliterate all the Jews, obliterate all the Christian and Jewish sites in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem, and they won't be satisfied. And when they're done committing terrorism the size of our planet, then they'll kill each other like they do, like the Islamists do in Yemen like they do in Jordan, like they do in Egypt, like they do in Iran and all other parts of the world uh, where this takes place. But Joe Biden is leading a public campaign and a private campaign to destroy the state of Israel because he's focused on Dearbornistan, Michigan. That's all he cares about. And he's trying to deliver to them especially most of the imams there, the mayor there, the chief of police there, what they want. And the truce shall set you free. The annihilation of the Jews from the river to the sea. That's exactly what's going on. We had people in the 30s and 40s in the United States who sided with the Nazi regime, the Third Reich. One of them would include Joe Kennedy Sr. Almost to the end. And others. We had Nazis within our own country, in our universities, in our prof professoriate. That is academia. We had Nazi sympathizers throughout the Department of State in the Franklin Roosevelt administration. And we have them now in the Biden administration, in the Biden State Department. And Anthony Blinken is leading the way at the behest of Obama and the other anti-Semites in the Democrat Party. They don't condemn Talib. Talib voted today present in a resolution to condemn the rape against the Israeli women and young girls in Israel. She voted present. Present. She's the slime of the earth. She knows it and we know it. But I want you to know the Biden administration now is trying to destroy the state of Israel. There's no question about it. No question about it, as he is America, by the way. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, freedom fighters all over the world, and our brothers and sisters in Israel and Ukraine, and most of all, you. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless.